Broadcasting Network. Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer. Okay, welcome podcasters. Jim and Ray are back again. We have a special day today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, continuation of addiction and um, go into with Ray a little bit. This is 
He's, he's battled with addiction and smoking for a long, long time. And you get some, um, some thoughts about what he's been through. But also that this is a, a joyous day and that Ray is heading. Tell him, Ray, where are you going tonight? To the pond. To the pond. He's taken off. Why do they call it the pond anyway? You know, I don't really, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. And the audience may not know either. I, I believe they call it going across the pond, ah. calling the Atlantic the pond. Ah. Boy, oh. Gary. <laughs> you came in. With- That's why you go to college. That's why I am. All right, Gary. <laughs> I can't wait to play you in Jeopardy. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to England. I'm I'm heading out. Yeah. To London it should be fun. Oh yeah, maybe Ray, you can say a little bit about. Um, is it just a vacation, or what? What else will you be doing? You, I'm you, gonna be attending a wedding with my friend. I'm going with my. I'm actually going with a good friend of mine named Russell Mitchell, who's um, builds motorcycles and exile cycles. And I've been invited four or five times, and I finally took him up on it. So, because he's getting married, not there, but he said, I'm going to have children really soon, so you better get your stuff together and, and head out with me. And I said, all right, I'll do it. So uh-huh. I'm doing it. Uh-huh. We're going to be staying in a castle Ooh. one night. We're going to be all over. And that's where he comes from, so it should be, you know, uniquely fun. He was mm. a vet over there prior to being a motorcycle builder and, you know, his parents are there, that kind of stuff. We're Mm -hmm. not going to really see his parents too much, but it should be a lot of fun. And then I might hop a flight over to um, Uttingen, where I grew up, over in Germany, and see my cousins for a couple of days, do that kind of thing. I want to go to Stonehenge, too, and it might be the solstice, so that Mm. that could be, I don't know. I might never come back. I might get beamed up somewhere. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Okay, so Ray takes off tonight to a journey in podcasts. Have you been to England? I've never been to England and um, and Germany. Just that's just a small city or town in Germany you're going to, right? Yeah, it's right outside. It's actually right near where Dirk Nowitzki played ah. basketball. In case anybody, Ooh. yeah. So it's right outside of Würzburg. Its population is. Like a medium-sized high school. Mm. It's like 2,500 people. And when you walk down the town, they walk up to you and say, are you an old offer? Uh-huh. And then I don't reply because I don't speak German. Uh-huh. In fact, I called Germany. I told you last week or two weeks ago, tell them that I was coming. Uh, that didn't translate well, and I just hung up on them. Uh-huh. <laughs> so okay. I'll just meander on over there. So Ray gets off the grind of the podcasting world, and he's. This is cake. Were you kidding me? <laughs> I was going to say this is fun. This is fun, and his job as a contractor. He leaves a few jobs as he leaves, and he's going to have his men working on it. So work goes on, even though he's not going to. Yeah, I'll it. be making money even when I'm away, buddy. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Okay, so we'll get back to Ray a little bit in a moment as we get into, um, as we begin to talk about addiction. Um, we I want to go back through really the first stages of what where where does it really come from? And the first part I'm calling addiction born of soul pain or pain of the deepest parts of ourselves that never got a real expression that lay there. And um, 
and uh, empty. You know, Paul Newman once replied when he was asked about automobiles. He's like Adam. Adam's an automobile. It was Paul Newman, yeah. He's got one of his cars, Jim. He's got one? Okay. Yeah. All right. And Adam has one of Paul Newman's cars. He was asking about, they asked him about racing. Um, he said, uh, racing, I race because nothing else do I feel as alive. And no other way do I feel, no, nowhere do I feel as alive as when I'm, I'm racing. So that idea about feeling alive, now that's the place he went. Look at the things he's done. He's been an actor and all kinds of um, situations of expressing himself and so on. Um, it's a little ironic, too, that you mentioned him because I do think, I mean, I'm not positive, but I think one of his children died from OD. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also, um, nowhere do I feel as alive as when I'm racing. Well, let's think about that for ourselves for a minute. Nowhere do I feel alive. And podcasters, and what would you, what would you would tack something on the end of that? Where do you feel? most alive. How about you, Rave? What's the first thing that comes to your mind as far as when I feel most alive? I think what popped in my head was um, because I've been playing lately and I hadn't played for years but lately I've picked it up again in basketball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I dig it. It puts you in a different world, you know, and it's not, you have to be there to play. So yeah, I, I I love that game, and you know, I love watching the finals, and even during the season, even though it's quite boring comparatively to playoffs and finals. But I but I also love playing. I, oh. I dig it. Yeah, I can remember when you were doing that commercial. You were all over the court. Right? <laughs> you were telling me to <laughs> calm down. I was sweating. And <laughs> yeah. Ray was making shots from everywhere. Yeah. Um, see, Gary, for you, what what? What's a time when, as you think, either back or that I feel most alive in certain situations? Um, personally, I like to drive. So, oh. uh, you know, driving, especially uh, I, I used to live in Orange County, and I used to like to drive up and down PCH to clear my mind, mm. like view of the ocean. And uh, obviously that doesn't translate for when there's traffic, but when there's, you know, the open road and you can just kind of, drive at your own pace and clear your mind and oh. i'd just like to throw in one more thing that yes one of paul newman's sons scott did die of an overdose in 78 all right so you clarified that so gary driving along along that pacific coast highway the life of that the ocean close by and podcasters maybe some of you would like that too or you enjoy that um but something that makes us most alive. You think the horn? Yeah, the horn is certainly a, a probably one of the top pop things of all. Ray's talking about the, playing the trumpet. Um, yeah, there's uh, particularly when when playing with other musicians, where the life of the what's going on is so 
we begin to really to bring a pulse that gets stronger and stronger. And um, yeah, music is, that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful feeling. Now this feeling of, you know, um, for example, I was reading the other day in the paper about um, very wealthy women and socialites who rob from, from stores. Well, kleptos? <laughs> well, we can, somebody would say that. But um, yeah, they give it that name. Um, and, and when they'd be asked about that, they said that the, the risk, the excitement of the risk, just, they just get a high from it and feel so good. Um, so it could be in different, even devious ways or productive ways. Um, then, of course, there are husbands or wives have to come down later and pay for it. Or, but that usually doesn't stop them because they don't get that risk high um, again. Something in us is really going for that. Um, there are natural body highs, and particularly in more in, uh, our ancestral people who hunted and they were in a very modes of days of tracking down animals and um, and, and, the, and the kills of, of bringing it back to the village. There was highs and celebrations. So there's highs from the beginning of man and, and particularly when our needs get really met. So we have ancestral needs, old needs that are also popping up asking to be to be met. Okay, so um, let's now let's go back. Also, when the infant in the infant's environment, for many complex reasons, feels fundamentally unsafe. Um, now I'm going to. I often say it this way that when the infant comes in and is joining its mama, um, it is now connecting to something we call weeness. Coupleness, our life has to do with weeness, um, and and there's a gaze between baby and mama where they look into each other's eyes, and in that gaze, um, the baby feels something, feels a kind of an engagement. Um, am I really? Are we really together? Without words, looking into mother's eyes. There's a sense of of uh, connection, engagement, a sense of we're on the same line, our rhythms, our dance is the same, all different ways of saying that, uh, that baby feels. And that wonderful engagement, um, I think, goes on. If that's really right, and we are, and we meet those eyes, and mother and our other caretakers continue that. And then there's something I call attunement. There's a real entunement. In music, we call it intonation. Um, that when that's really right, before I play the horn, I go through a short time of trying to find um, that, I'm in, that I'm in tune with the rest of the musicians. And 
And if one is not, and just like the baby, if one is flat, then one plays its music flat. If I could demonstrate you, I don't have my horn today. I didn't do the music, but we're going to do something else that I have. But um, I recorded a, an extra one last week. Um, but I, I well, you could hear the difference if I pulled my shank out, making it flat, and the song began, what a clash there would be. And as long as I would go on, you would hear that some, you, you might not know what it is, but something's out of line. Something's out of tune. So attunement and engagement. Um, and also, the baby's make, making his first um, cry of stop. Now, cries out. It can't use words, but it makes all signs and motions of what it would be to say stop to something that's coming in. I don't want it anymore. And if that's ignored or not trusted, the feeling about that, and then also we have, for the rest of our life, difficulty of saying stop to ourselves. In other words, we can't stop ourselves. But it's born from, in my opinion, that early feeling and the stop that would be needed in any kind of addiction. So born from that that dance, and if it goes wrong, it could be a restless emptiness. So emptiness, an emptiness that wants to be filled, is looking for somewhere, somehow, somebody to fill it. Whether it be through substance, through another person, and through an addiction, or something that takes us over, like a trance, or a, um, a curse, a demonic, something that particularly if it's a negative one, that takes the whole body-mind over. But it does fulfill that part. It fills in. It does keep a low-burning, constant kind of sensation that's going on in our unconscious. And let me segue into Ray now, because he's, he's explained it that way a few times. Um... So, Ray, in our segment on addiction, um, addiction, and we know many of our podcasters are either have tried it or have gone through a lot. Let us know what you went through. Let's start at the beginning. When did it, what was the first taste of it? Well, <clears throat> illicit, illicit substances? Well, for you, oh, I'll try. Well, Ray, let, let's say... Um, well, I mean, I started smoking. I don't, and I'm not a pot guy. I'm, um, it's not that I'm anti. I'm not. I don't mind when people smoke pot, but I don't like it. But I would, I would smoke pot in the fifth and sixth grade, which is pretty young. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, you have you hang out with kids, and then they have older brothers, and you know things of that nature. Was pot first or cigarettes? No, oh, pot. Pot, Pot way before cigarettes. Oh, way before cigarettes. I, I didn't, didn't start smoking cigarettes until I was 18. 
Mm-hmm. When I was a, like at the end of high school, I started smoking cigarettes. But if, I would smoke the pot and drink. Drinking, uh, I, uh, then I put the pot down. I only did the pot not that often, you know. I mean, I would when I was a kid, or we'd have like hash and we'd light it under a glass. Or you'd always have, you know, a couple of your friends' fathers work for the Teamsters, and those dudes were always high. Mm-hmm. So you'd go into their stuff. You know, you'd find their stuff. And um, there was a lot of that going on. Mm. So you said we started with pot and, and a combination of drinking. Yeah. You dropped the pot. Yeah, dropped the pot, continued to drink, and then, you know, got into the the cocaine and the, you know, smoking of bass. But this is all 20s stuff. In you your, know? Tw- in your but 20s. But I wouldn't, I never had a, um like, I never went away for it. Like, a bunch of my friends went away for it, but I would never... I mean, the most I'd be on something was, you know, two, three days or something. You know, you'd have a, a binge or whatever. But I never... You know, then I'd put it down. Like, you know, from knowing me and knowing what I've been through, some people didn't put it down. And I, I just... I would put it down. Mm-hmm. So I would have... And then when I got my surgeries... I got a you know a bunch of surgeries, and then I started getting into um like the pill stuff mm-hmm. you know, and those were i think those were were the hardest to give up than anything else because they don't have that real negative i mean when you see somebody that's high on um, let's say you know. Because some things you can't do like those are those are things you can do over a prolonged period of time. And they don't catch up as fast, mm-hmm. but the other, the but the other stuff, it's like I couldn't do it. I couldn't participate and function with the other stuff with yeah. the hard with the hard illicit drugs. So you weren't able to work. Were you in school while working at the? No, time? I was work. Uh, listen, I went to high, after high school. I didn't. I mean, I went back to school. You know, when I was thirty, when I went to Valley College and made made the dean's list. <laughs> Not that hard, but whatever. I, I had a four L. Just want to say, Gary, and um, <laughs> but the other stuff. I mean, it's. I would delve in and out. Then I was after I went through a pretty hard spell. I was sober for, you know, two and a half, three years, and I didn't do anything. You know, no drinking, no nothing. Never went to AA or anything like that, though. Never went to, you know, went to you, but never went and like sought out treatment or anything like that. I would just quit. But the toughest one for me to quit was definitely the the um, painkillers. Painkillers. Yeah. Okay, but cigarettes. Cigarettes have been a constant since eighteen. Since and 18. I quit for two years there too. Mm-hmm. I quit smoking, and then um, I smoked one marble red, and I bought a pack. How did you quit? What was what was, what got you to quit? I was just done, and then. I was just done with it. I didn't. I wasn't feeling it anymore, and they weren't tasting as good, mm. you know. And then it's not good for you, you know, all the obvious stuff. But then, so I weaned off. I did the Nicorette and all that kind okay. of thing. Nicorette was your first substance you were using to get off of it, right? And I'm not a gum. I don't like chewing gum. I'm mm-hmm. not a gum chewer, but I like the Nicorette and the lozenges versus like the patch. I I got the patch one time. And I went out and played basketball, and, and I saw the patch on on the ground. You know, it would just sweat off or whatever. And then um, 
yeah, so I quit for two years, but then I went back. I went back, and I went back hard. You know, mm. I didn't. It was one cigarette, then bam, a pack. Like I, I smoke a pack a day minimum. Okay, so two years, you're free. You're smoke free. Yeah, then I got off the. Nic- I got. I quit chewing the gum after about six months because I had sores in my mouth because I had to chew like you know eight pieces mm, at a yeah. time. You know that kind of thing. Mm. I mean, I definitely have that feast or famine thing going with mm. me. I definitely. Yeah indulge you know my barometer is a little off when it comes to that kind of stuff and i have to be conscious of it so you're caught in that cycle yeah definitely have that okay cycle. now so two years you 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 uh, you get off it totally you're not on anything in the terrain or anything was there an event that brought you back yeah i mean yeah it's like it's always it's usually something you know, bad relationship. To do with relationship. Yeah. No, suffer. no, not relationship. Bad relationship. A bad relationship. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, there's been, I've had my, and those unfortunately are addictive too because I'm, I look mm. at my past relationships, yeah. not my current one, and they all fit a, a mold. They all fit a certain standard. Mm-hmm. So, and I've gotten away from that. And, you know, I mean, I've, and I look at that now, and it's like, oh well, you know, it's mm-hmm. the writing was already on the wall. So that whatever that was, you you found yourself really coming back, but coming back strong. Yeah, like instantaneous, not just having two, three a day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just had one. Fuck it, let's it. go buy a pack. Okay. You know, all right, I got my pack. Oh, by the way, I need that lighter too. Right. You know, and see, so. that's the cycle right, for a podcast audience. That is the way cycles work, that um, they're, they're extreme on both ends. So coming back, he thought, well, maybe he would have one or two. But he said once he had that first one, then it was like an onslaught, overwhelmed, the whole thing came back. And he was in smoking a pack a day. Or But then, mind you, you always have your friends that, you know, think it's you know hey that's fine i smoke four packs you're fine you know and then you, you know there's other extremes there too mm. or you hear these pill takers yep on 50 vicodin a day what mm. i'm fine i only take seven you know so you know you 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 play that game and it's a, it's a it's well, not good it's not a good game yeah but, and with that said jim let's uh let's hear a word from our um sponsor Hey everybody, if you shop at Amazon.com, like I don't, but you probably do, you know how convenient it is and you know what great deals you get always. If you want to support the show, and I hope you do, every time you shop at Amazon, use the Amazon link on our site to get there. You support us with every purchase. You can even bookmark it, and we really appreciate it. Unbeatable convenience, amazing prices, great shipping rates. I love Amazon.com just because they support us, and I hope you do too. So please do. Thanks, Amazon. Okay, so back back to our show. We just heard something from our sponsor, and Ray's uh, telling us about this, the sequence um, in addiction that he went through. Um, and By the I, way, I don't like talking about it. Okay, he doesn't like talking uh, about it. And it makes me a little nervous. Oh, okay. So we'll we'll, we'll keep that in mind. Um, but anyway, if 
for our podcasters and thinking of yourself in his particular sequence and and um but but eventually settling with cigarettes and um um and spending two years, he needed, he needed something to get off of it. And that shows us something we need. Some kind of intervention, no matter what the particular addiction is. Something would come. Um, sometimes uh, counseling is the first intervention. Um, sometimes changes, moves, or something. So you know, the many varied addictions, they usually need some reason or some intervention. And... Um, Something that would come to now he felt that he just really got kind of tired of it, but him but he got the the nicotine as the be nicotine nicotine as a as a, uh, a, a help uh, to eventually get off of it. So that's usually how the body mind works with that. And it's funny, like you'll get the the you know they have different milligrams and like different um, strengths, and you'll read the package of course after after the fact. Mm-hmm. You're only supposed to have one piece an hour or something, and mm-hmm. I, I'd be chewing on it, reading it, and I'd have like five pieces in my <laughs> mouth trying to blow bubbles with it. Right. You know, it was really ridiculous. And then you you look at yourself and go, wow, I, I that's what I am. Mm-hmm. And it really kind of wakes you up to your behavior. It's a little – I mean, you used to smoke. Yeah. Well, I come from a world of smoking um, – in the Second World War, uh, cigarettes really blossomed. I mean, the soldiers went to war and cigarettes to the soldiers, and they came home from war. Our brothers and relatives that went to war, non-smokers, and came home smokers. Of course, that's those GIs and what they went through, and um, smoking was you know, some kind of a, a soothing effect for them. So the world was males. I mean, when I was a kid in the 40s, to see the Second World War, oh, about like, all, the, all the guys came home around 1945, I would think. Um, uh, but they were all smoking. The houses were full of smoke. Uh, even the women started smoking. And that was the beginning of women chancing. At one time, it was in my world, for a woman to smoke was really... Unfeminine and unladylike to smoke, um, but then I lived in a world of smoke, and I and, and that was the way of being manly in the world. Of, uh, we were like teenagers or coming up, um, so we copied our brothers. Now, now everyone in my family smoked. And, um, you also have some really famous movies around that era where. The leads, you know, like you know Marlon Brando and such, those guys smoked. Yeah, you know, oh. like Stanley Kowalski and all that kind of crap. Well, the movies. I mean, if you see uh, old movies of the '40s and so on, there's always smoking going on. Um, Did you smoke cigarettes? Yeah, I started with cigarettes because I could buy them for a penny. <laughs> <laughs> Where? <laughs> Penny had teat McGlukes, uh, and I would buy three, three pennies, like the <laughs> like the holy the holy trinity, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was the wow. big deal. The first time of buying a pack was really a big deal. Uh, but I, 
Yeah, the pack was fourteen cents. Eleven cents. Eleven twelve. What brand were you smoking? Chesterfields. Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Wow. <laughs> Those are bad. I, I have had a pack or two of Chesterfields. You have? Yeah. Strong babies? Yeah. Really uh-huh. strong. The only reason I bought them, too, because I tried one from this painter guy that was working, and he, he would wedge the Chesterfield in his tooth oh. Oh and just God. smoke it. So I went out and bought a pack to try them, and my gosh. I can't believe you smoked those. Yeah, well, I didn't inhale. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I was a, always a fraidy cat, afraid of everything. The other hand, I wanted to be a man, too. So I was dangling out of my mouth like a, a Marlboro. No, Marlboro Man wasn't, he hadn't started, he hadn't started yet. Did uh, you still, like, cuff your sleeves on your T-shirts and stuff like that? You're kidding. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Corolla is no slouch. <laughs> yeah, I had to pretend to be tough in a world that was really tough. Now, the first carton, folks, this is how much I paid for a carton of cigarettes at Christmas time in 1946 or something. $1.12 tax. What's, what is a... What I don't have lost. What is cigarettes selling per carton now? Well, because I'm going out of town and I still smoke, so I just um, went to my local liquor store to ask them for a carton price of that's ten packs of cigarettes, uh, sixty dollars and fifty five cents. Yeah. Gary shaking his head. Yeah. Gary, you don't smoke, right? No. no, no, not really. Okay, I right, wait a minute. Not really. When I drink, when you drink, <gasps> when I drink, I smoke. Oh, okay, great but. combination. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a lot of people enough. have that one. <laughs> yeah, that, everybody have. has that one. Um, that yeah. price, dollar twelve. To you could have bought a house. You could have bought a house in your day <laughs> with that, huh? Yeah, sixty dollars. Holy mackerel! Yeah. And I'm going back and buying them, by the way. Oh, so, my God. You know. Now, how about, well, I wonder in Europe, oh, about buying different kinds. Or you're going to take them with you. Yeah. You're not taking any chances. Well, I, have a, I have a brand. I have a brand preference. I smoke, um, like, I smoke the ones with no preservatives in them and all that kind of stuff. Oh. I smoke American Spirits. The hard one, though, not the, the puffy one. Like the hard, the real hit one. Mm. I smoke harsh cigarettes. Uh-huh. I don't smoke lights. Strong. Yeah, remember, then I became a cigar smoker. You forgot about that, Yeah, I remember. That, huh? I remember you were a pipe smoker. Oh, I, when I met you, you were yeah. a pipe smoker, and That's you had the right. pipe in the house. And then, well, I didn't meet you. I mean, I already knew of you, but I didn't. Uh-huh. So when I was about 15, you would be dangling a pipe around. Cool, huh? Yeah, very cool. With your sweater... And your ladies in the back Whoa, and everything else. Yeah. No, you used to smoke a pipe. And yeah. that's when you quit after, I remember you quit. Yeah, I was a cool cat in those days. Um, wow. Okay, I'm seeing we're getting getting down there a little ways. Um, so um, we're going to wish Ray, uh, Bon Voyage Over the Pond, as he goes on. That's right. And, Pond, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you actually fly there, though. You fly over the North Pole, if I'm not mistaken. We always look together. I think that's that. the way. I think they fly. But then back you go over the um, 
Atlantic, I suppose. Okay. I'm not really sure. Okay. I'm just I'm just pissed I was showed up by Gary. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, so what the time's your flight? Um, I gotta be at the airport like five thirty. I think we leave at eight thirty. Oh, okay. Customs, all that. Customs, kind of stuff. yeah. Getting through. Are you going heavy or light? Being all. No, nah, I'll go light. You're just going light. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm okay. not that guy. I'm not bringing a trunk. So you for two weeks. It's not a big deal. So you get on at eight o'clock. Then do you fly direct to London? I believe so. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not in charge of any of that kind of stuff. Okay. How many hours it would take? Or? I think it's like a nine-hour flight or something like that. Yeah. I'm not really sure. And you and you can't smoke, right? Uh, but the, you don't think I have some Nicorette? Oh, I do. <laughs> he's really prepared. I do. I'm ready. Oh man, he's he's uh, making sure he's got that. And I do not enjoy. I don't. I'm not a big not flight a fan. Flyer. I'm not a good flyer. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, we can um, get started with our saying goodbye to our to Ray. Number four. And um, quarter note. Feel good. Uh, we're going to make Ray feel One, good. Two. One, two, three. Okay, so tonight's the big night for Ray. He's got his set. He's got the boys on the job. He's all set with that. And I'm out of here. And he's getting his packs of cigarettes and <laughs> Nic- Nicorette. on with him. He's all set to go. I got the important stuff already. <laughs> all right. So say we say goodbye to Ray tonight. Come on, Toodles. All right. <clears throat> we say goodbye tonight. <clears throat> we wish him a good trip. Oh, he's got to spend eight or nine hours on that plane. Oh, bye-bye, Ray. We are looking forward to you coming back already. Oh, no. Goodbye, Ray. He's heading to England over the North Pole, he tells us. Hmm. Gets into, what time he gets into England? Will it be daylight or we don't know yet? Anyway, then he's going off to Germany, a place where Ray lived for a while. How long, Ray? Uh, 1969, like six months. Six months. Six months in Germany. Pop got deported. And Pop got <laughs> deported. All right. Um, here we go. One more chance. Ba 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 dee ba doo ba ba. Ba da ba 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 ba. All right, this is Ray's last chance to do this, so we got to get him to to really do our our uh, watch. Do it well. Okay, yeah. <laughs> dee 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 bo ba ba ba. Boy, you can tell he's happy. He's going to be flying 64, out of 64, Jim. Oh, okay, here we go. He's smart, too. Oh, I could use a drink and a cigarette right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we want to get Gary to scat when he has his cigarettes and he has his all. That's it. We got to get him to do that. Bobo doobie. Bob, one more scat. One more scat. Jabba doobop. Baba doobop. Boom. Okay. One and two and three.
catch the show on Twitter at LLWJC or email us at Jim Carolla at AdamCarolla.com.